Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back, everyone. It is now 7.33. My goodness, there are... There are so many things going on in our world, and we're all trying to figure out and make sure that we at least find an, an understanding of each thing, and that's not easy to do at all. Well, tonight is one of those. Let's get started. So nightmares, flashbacks, and feeling shame about a traumatic event are just a few post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms. We call it PTSD. Tragedies such as the recent deadly shooting in Uval, Texas, um, can cause someone to suffer from PTSD. Just seeing these events in the media can even become a trigger for those who have experienced violence or abuse. Now, June is PTSD Awareness Month, a time to bring awareness to a condition that often causes people to suffer in silence. Well, joining me tonight to discuss this is psychologist Dr. David Nathan of Alina Health, and he is here to help us understand more. And he's joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Welcome, Dr. David. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Jolyn. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, PTSD, is it the same as we learned about it decades ago, or has it morphed into something more? Well, I think it probably depends on, on what we mean by what what is it morphed into something more. Uh, we know that when someone goes through an traumatic event, that it impacts the mind. Just like if somebody gets an injury in another part of their body, it's they're going to be damaged. If someone has a broken leg or broken arm, they're going to have symptoms. Uh, we know that it is not just what we used to consider to be trauma, uh, and that's classified as if someone is going through a, a life-threatening incident where they could potentially die or see something like that. That happened to someone else or experienced sexual violence. Uh, today, we also know that people who have other deeply disturbing experiences, but experiences that aren't as severe as that, can still experience symptoms similar to PTSD. They're usually not as severe. Uh, they might be not be as frequent, but they can be. Uh, they can still experience really awful symptoms. It is quite remarkable how um, different each of us can have PTSD, right? And we would handle it differently. Is that correct? That we would each handle it differently? Sure, sure. And and it's also true that two people can go through very identical events, and one person may develop PTSD and one may not. We are all wired very, very differently, and it's very hard to predict how any one person is going to respond. However, it's really important to know that PTSD symptoms are extremely common ways for the mind to respond to, to traumatic events. Uh, recent research indicates that probably about 12 million Americans are currently suffering from PTSD today. So um, there are many different symptoms, symptoms that can include 
include uh, uh, flashbacks of events, nightmares about the things that happened, difficulty talking about it, trying to avoid things that remind us of those things, or uh, uh, the opposite. Uh, people can't, might have difficulties not thinking about it. They obsessively think about what happened to them. Nobody has all the symptoms of PTSD, but if somebody has enough of the symptoms and they're severe enough and they've been going on for over a month, if they visit a mental health professional, they may very well be diagnosed with PTSD. Or they may very well not be. Um, that's the interesting thing. When we first started hearing about this, it wasn't the easiest thing to, to really diagnose. So today, I'm sure they have different types of tools to make sure that they know. So what are some of those? Absolutely. Well, there's so uh, mental health professionals have assessment measures to determine if someone has PTSD or not. Uh, there are lots of different approaches. Um, usually, it would involve going in to talk to someone who is trained in diagnosing PTSD, and there would be several things. There would be um, kind of an interview that they would do. There would be questionnaires. There might be um, uh, different tests that people take, uh, answering different questions and seeing how they respond to things like that. There are lots of different options. And once again, different people can respond different ways, and that's okay. Two people with, if, if you know one person has PTSD, you know one person who has PTSD, because like I said, our minds are all very, very different. But there does seem to be a very clear pattern of, of symptoms that commonly occur uh, when people go through uh, PTSD, when they go through traumatic experiences. So what someone's looking for when they're doing the testing is they're not looking for somebody to have every single one of the symptoms, but they're looking for them to have several of those symptoms. And if, they, and if they've been through a traumatic experience and we're seeing several of those symptoms, um, they're going to meet criteria for the diagnosis. Because we've had so much uh, trauma uh, here in this mm -hmm. country, I, I worry about children, especially between the ages of 5 and 13. And I'm wondering Absolutely. how they're handling so much that we're hearing on the news, uh, the shootings and that sort of thing. So it's not just what we used to think decades ago, that it was just adults. It really is yep. everyone could get PTSD. Absolutely. Yeah, there, there is no kind of minimum age for a diagnosis of PTSD. Uh, like I said, trauma is kind of like an injury that happens to our mind, just as, you know, if somebody has, like, like, it was, like I said before, a broken arm or if they have a heart condition or something like that. Um, anyone at any age can develop PTSD. And so the symptoms can be a little bit different. For one of the things that can happen with children is that when we're seeing little kids uh, in their play, they might recreate the traumatic symptom. In adults, they don't necessarily recreate it through play, uh, but they often have difficulty uh, with kind of obsessing about it. Their mind just can't get over the thoughts about it. No matter what they're doing, their, their brain might go back to that. We don't see that as much in children, um, but we'll see them kind of reenacting it with, with their toys and, their, and, and things like that. It really is quite remarkable how this, it seems like um, that we are being infected almost when it comes to PSTD. There's so much trauma going around and each of us can get it. It's, it's so painful to even watch someone. I knew someone that had one after coming back mm. from serving and this was decades ago mm. that I knew this man and um, the pain that he had, the anger that he had, there were so many different sure. ways of him getting it out. So how do you begin talking with someone or trying to heal someone that has PTSD and make sure that they have a way of knowing how to use those tools themselves? Sure. 
one of the things that is that we know today, we have so many tools to treat PTSD. There are lots of different approaches. So, so I, I want to I'm going to get into some specifics in a second, but I just want to say there are many different approaches. And one of the important things for someone to do is to talk to someone who has training in treating PTSD. There are therapists out there, uh, like myself, who have a great deal of training and experience working with someone who has this condition. Um, I would say most therapy is going to begin with helping people understand because often people come back and one of the common symptoms of PTSD is someone will blame themselves. Their brain will think, if I did something different, if I had done this better, this thing wouldn't have happened to me. Um, the brain is really working hard to try and understand and sometimes blaming ourselves for what happened gives us a sense of, oh, okay, this happened because I did something, um, which is not an accurate understanding of what happened. But our, our brains are really, really struggling. They're really, really damaged after these awful things happen. So the first thing most therapy, th most therapists begin with is helping people understand that there are certain symptoms, certain things that happen, certain ways that our brain operates after we go through trauma, and uh, that it's a result of the trauma, that that way of, of being, that way of thinking, kind of being afraid of things, having a hard time relaxing, having a hard time feeling comfortable, feeling like I always have to be hyper alert because a new threat could pop up at any time, um, having nightmares, things like that. These are things that commonly happen to people who've been through traumatic experiences. And we look at this as when someone goes through a traumatic experience, for example, if a child is attacked by a dog, our brain will take a photo, like a photocopy of everything going on with us. It's going to look at everything we see, everything we smell, everything we hear, um, might even, you know, just the wind blowing across our face or something like that. And it saves that inner mind. And if we ever experience any of those things again, our brain kind of activates that photocopy. We hear a dog barking, for example, and, and, the, and the child's mind might be really freaked out. They might not be in danger at all, but their brain is, is saving that information because it wants the, the body, it wants the, the, the person to be safe. It's saying, hey, we were in this situation before and it was horrible, so we need to get to safety right now. And helping people understand that this this process of PTSD, in a lot of ways, it's a way to help help, help keep that person safe. And so we go on from kind of framing PTSD and what it is and help them learn ways that they can feel safe and help their brain under, understand when they really are in danger and when they're not in danger. Because unfortunately, PTSD, the person kind of gets locked into this place where their brain constantly thinks they're in danger. And treatment is going to help them relax, feel more comfortable, feel safe, um, uh, help rebuild their understanding of, of the world so that they're not so devastated and their brain isn't searching for, for danger all, t all the time. Why is it that some of us uh, get PS PTSD um, when we are traumatized and then others don't? Like, here's my story. I was 14 mm -hmm. years old when mm -hmm. our father, you know, my parents have six children. And mm -hmm. um, all of us, you know, except for two were at home. The other two were in college. And it was amazing. He was killed in front of the house by a drunk oh. driver. Uh, the drunk driver had his lights out. You couldn't see the car coming. It was black. And it just, it was horrifying. And although oh. I felt as though I would never never get over this. I still haven't gotten over it. Would I call mm -hmm. that PTSD? It, it could be. It definitely could be. And, and I would I would want to have a conversation with you off the air and, and have a, a, a much longer discussion. Um, it definitely, all, all the, the kind of elements are are there to potentially cause PTSD. And your, your really important question about why do some people get it and why do some people don't, we don't have an answer to that question right now. That is a really, really important question. We're trying to figure it out. Um, 
I think there is some some research that indicates um, it. Nothing is for certain. If if someone is more stressed out when something when something really traumatic happens, there seems to be a slightly higher risk that they'll actually develop. But that's not 100%. Sometimes people can be really stressed out and something happens and they don't develop PTSD. The mind is incredibly complicated. There are almost as many neurons in our brain as there are grains of sand on the face of the earth. It is the most complex is the most complex thing we know, uh, and we are just barely at the beginning of really trying to understand exactly how our brain works. We we know through looking at people's behavior um, that when they when when certain things happen, they they can develop these symptoms or at least many of these symptoms. Um, but why some people develop them and why they don't, uh, why other people don't, we we unfortunately don't know right now. Hopefully, we'll find out someday. So there are certain things that can also trigger um, uh, young people, uh, older people, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of runs the gamut. And when it's triggered, what does that mean to be triggered? What does that feel like or does it have a feeling at all? Sure, sure. Well, it'll probably be different for everyone. And one thing I want to say really quickly, too, is that uh, when I work with my patients at Alina Health, I work really hard to use the language that they want to use. I want them to feel comfortable. And some of my patients, when they hear the word trigger, they feel like that's, a, that's kind of an insulting word, that, that's, that's belittling to them or, or saying they're, they're, there's something wrong with them. Um, one word that's commonly used in psychology is the word flooded. Uh, and, and basically, this goes back to what I was describing before, this idea that when something horrible happens, our brain has kind of saved a copy of everything it was experiencing at that moment. So, for example, um, if something horrible happens and someone was listening to a song on the radio, for example, uh, when this horrible thing happens, it's entirely possible that their brain is like, hey, when I hear that song, boom, something bad is potentially going to happen. Um, it could be other things, too. And they hear that song and their brain is reminded of this awful thing. And their body and their brain is trying to keep them safe. Uh, so they, it kind of gets them into a kind of fight, flight, freeze kind of situation where they feel like, I got to get out of this situation. Last time I was here, it was horrible. I need to stay safe. I need to get going. Wow. Okay. So as this may be a little off the path uh, with this question, but I'm just wondering if, if there's no healing for this, there's no way to really get over it, Correct. No, something no, that you I live completely with? disagree. No, yeah, well, it, it depends. Um, I mean, if somebody has PTSD, 2022 is the very best time in, in human history, I think, for someone to have PTSD because we have so much research. There are some really wonderful, incredible, extremely effective techniques. They often take a while. This isn't something that someone's going to talk to someone once or twice and it's going to get better. Um, but over weeks, months, and sometimes years, people can, can – and I've worked with people um, for, for weeks, months, and sometimes years uh, – and, and people have made incredible growth. You know, people who've barely been able to get out of their homes um, are, are able to be regular members of society. Um, it's it's something that uh, it's it, in most cases it's not like oh this memory it brings me no distress whatsoever. It might be like wow that's a really awful thing that happened to me, but it's not going to be debilitating. Uh, and what I would recommend that people do is find a talk therapist that offers training in trauma treatment. Um, if you go to alinahealth.org, for example, you can do a search for PTSD, and you can find providers that have a specialty in that area. The thing about talking to a therapist who knows about this stuff, who has training in this area, is that, there, like I said, there's so many approaches to trauma treatment. Um, 
it's hard to know which one is going to work for a particular patient, but through interviewing the patient when they first come in, uh, talking about them, about their likes, their dislikes, what they're good at, what they're not good at, we can kind of pick from this massive library of approaches and, and, and select uh, treatments that might be the most effective for that patient. There are lots of really good books and websites, even YouTube videos out there, and I think those can be tremendous resources, uh, but the problem with those is you can't ask a book or a website questions. Um, uh, it can't necessarily get back to you with specific information and that's going to work best for you. So there's talk therapy. Uh, for some people, group therapy can be incredibly helpful. Uh, a lot of times people who experience trauma feel like I'm the only person like this. You know, there's something about me that's just not working or broken or something like that. Group therapy makes it very clear that there are lots of people, really wonderful people that have symptoms just like we do. So we, it kind of reduces its stigma and helps us feel a little bit more comfortable again. And exercise and yoga can be helpful. Sometimes people have really intense symptoms in their own body following trauma. And by moving our bodies and doing some of these things, it helps rewire our brain to kind of go from, oh, when I have a sensation, I'm not in danger. And we can go from a sense of being really scared to feeling safe. You know, it's amazing. No family is the same, right? And so how do friends and family really deal with this when they have a loved one or a friend or a neighbor that is dealing with PTSD? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question because friends and neighbors are really important to helping people get treated. I would say the first thing that people can do is be curious, ask questions, be there for someone if they want to talk. Try not to be judgmental or, or tell them what to do or tell them how to fix it. Just be there and listen. It can be incredibly helpful for people to have someone to talk to and just kind of be there for them if they, if they have to get things off their chest. I would say the next thing to understand is encourage them to see therapy. Um, this is something, just like if someone had a heart condition, we wouldn't expect that, hey, if you have a good conversation with someone, your heart condition is going to go away. Trauma is really, really complicated. And the good news is there are lots of people out here who are, who are trained in to treat trauma. Um, talking to people, people being supportive can definitely help people get better. Uh, it, it's going to probably improve their morale and help them feel a little bit more hopeful and optimistic about the future and hopeful and optimistic about their lives. But there's still some big work that's going to need to be done, and that would be done through um, uh, talking to somebody who's a professional. And I would say most important just like if someone broke their arm, you know, we wouldn't expect them, hey, you know, that happened three weeks ago. Are you still, you know, you still bothered by that? You know, you need to get over it. It's really important that we don't tell people, hey, that happened a while ago. Get over it. Trauma is incredibly damaging to our minds. It's going to take a while. And we would expect that if someone had a broken arm, that they would go to the emergency room, that they get their arm set, that they get a cast on it, that we give them some time and that their, their arm would be better. Um, same deal with trauma. It's going to take a while, but people absolutely can get better. Yeah, I think we need to use the word brain. This is dealing with the brain. And mm -hmm. knowing that, I think people will sit up and go, oh, wow, you know, that is like the most complicated thing in our bodies, I think. So, no yeah, I, you know, I wish we would use that more and more when it comes to PTSD. And I really appreciate you joining us, Dr. Nathan. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, and I hope we can call on you again. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right, that was psychologist Dr. David Nathan of Alina Health. And, uh, you know, with his research and what he has found about PTSD, there could be, like I asked about the children, yes, there are children who have PTSD. And what does that mean? There's a lot to learn, isn't there? So, yes, if you know someone in the neighborhood, if you have a family member that has it and you're worried about them, 
you know, take his advice on some of the things, um, other tools that you can use, like reading books and talking to those families that have been dealing with it um, and just reading all about what PTSD is and how it acts and what the symptoms are. All right, it has been a pleasure talking about this. We're going to take a break and do some, um, <laughs> have some paying the bills, and we'll be back in a moment. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 